to the Off the Rails podcast, a deep dive into dynasty, death, and other degenerate forms of fantasy football. Please welcome your hosts, Ben and James. Off the Rails podcast, talking about what a fucking football on. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Off the Rails podcast, a deep dive into Dynasty, Devi, and other degenerate forms of fantasy football. I am one of your hosts, James, here with my friend, Ben. Ben, how are you doing today? Uh, great, James. How are you? I am doing just great. I am excited here to, uh, to finish off our rookie rankings uh, with the back half of the third round, our, our 31 through 36 uh, this will be the last of our uh, rookie rankings that we're going to cover before we get into some more strategy-related episodes here. Um, but we have yeah. we have covered one through thirty already, and uh, and excited to dig in here with uh, with our last six prospects. Yeah, it's funny, man. I normally can't get enough rookie action this time of the year. I am ready to be done with rookies until the combine. I'm ready to get into something else. Yeah, no, <laughs> I agree with you there. It's funny because, I mean, the combine is less than two weeks away. Worth pointing out, um, Thursday the 27th, right? Yeah, dude, right around the corner. It really is, honestly, isn't it? Yeah, so we're just going to have a little short reprieve. We're going to have to uh, to dig in. <laughs> oh, my into- God, it's going to be way shorter than I was expecting. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the that's the way these things go. But you know what, man? We needed to invest this time for the people, for the listeners. I hundred percent agree, and I feel like this has been for us. This is this is more like a like deep deep prospect dive kind of thing, like a initial introduction to all of these guys. And as we kind of work through uh, the post combine rankings and other kind of rookie work that we do, I think we're going to be referring back to these episodes a lot because yeah, there's been a sizable amount of depth that I think that we we've gone into with these guys. So 100% man. And, and, and really it's crazy because uh, you know, you and I, we, we are truly fantasy football degenerates. Like we, oh, yeah. uh, you know, pump this shit into our veins. Uh, give me all the rookie prospects. Give me, you know, I feel like we're, Within our friend group in the in the home dynasty leagues that we're in, you and I are are always the first ones trying to talk to people about about these rookie drafts. Uh, sometimes in 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 January, February, but we have never been this far along, and that's really because of this podcast and and, and wanting to make sure that the content we're giving the people is uh, you know is is fully researched and and we feel that we've put in the time to uh, you know to put our our voice on record and uh you know we we have to live with what these rankings are forever there's something we're gonna you know we're gonna have to come back to fuck that james i don't need to live with this forever (laughs) we need to change this stuff so much between now and when the season actually kicks off these are i like can't emphasize enough how initial these rankings are. I like I, I feel strongly about my opinions on things and my opinions on these guys. And I think that most of this stuff from a talent standpoint stuff, that's going to hold true through the process, man. But it's like you're always going to have your Hakeem Butler type of situations or whatever where it's just like, oh, man, I'm going to need to admit that I was just like fucking wrong from, from the beginning here. Still early. Um, but it's so it's still early. But yeah, dude, I, I think there's I feel like I've learned a ton about these guys and I feel good about the information we have presented and. Um, I agree. It's, we, it's been it's been a fun little run. So it has, man. It, it, this has been great. Uh, and and you know today represents the last of the episodes before you and I can start working together again, uh, which is exciting yeah. because uh, yeah. <laughs> to this point we have uh, kept these rankings a secret from each other, and in years past this has been a, a process that we've that we've done together. So um, this will be the last of our surprises for each other. Uh, but we wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, all of our responses were, were, were genuine and that there was no heads up or any back and forth, um, you know, sort of, uh, getting in, um, some sort of like rankings vortex of like trying to compare ours together. We wanted to make sure that, that as this was shared on the podcast, that that was, uh, exactly what had just happened in real time. And and the first time that we heard it from each other. So do you want 
to kick us off here at 31? I would love to. I accidentally slipped my 31 at the end of the last episode just because it was a guy that you had already said. Uh, so I will reiterate that at 31, I have uh, Lynn Bowden. And um, I honestly, if you want to say a few words about Lynn Bowden, I know he's a guy for you. Um, I mentioned a few things about him in the last episode, but maybe just like a brief little few sentence recap. Yeah, hurts a little bit because I have him uh, 10 spots above I know you, you at, uh, <laughs> I know. At, at, at 21. Um, you know, you've mentioned before we we've we talked about before. You know what this guy's position is. Some concerns around that. Um, very Ted Ginn like. Sure, um, in that I would I would agree with that. I mean, this guy had uh, running uh, this last year. They put him at quarterback, and he was like a wildcat quarterback. That like um, actually threw the football though. It's like yeah. there's some guys that like play wildcat. You look like Caleb Blage played a lot of wildcat, for instance. But it was like everybody knew that guy was running the football. Uh, Lynn Bowden actually like threw the football. So I mean, dude, I, I don't know, man. I think a creative offensive play caller could find some interesting things to do with him. And so I'm not like I said, I'm not going to totally, totally write him off. He's in my top 36, obviously. Uh, you know, but I uh, I do question what his what his fantasy value is going to be. Um, he could be a really interesting, like jack of all trades, uh, weapon for a team, but I don't know what that translates to fantasy wise. So, yep. I mean, you know, great kicking punt return. I mean, this, they they literally in all areas of the game did everything they could to get this guy the football. Oh yeah, oh yeah. In uh, in any way that they could, kicking punt returns again, putting him at quarterback. Uh, also, except for like. Except for like throwing him, because <laughs> yeah. it's like you could make the argument that like if he was a good wide receiver, that would be how they found the way to, to get the football in his hands. Would be like th- throw it to him all the time. But it was like no man, it's like well, a lot of manufactured stuff, a lot of special team stuff, a lot of wildcat stuff. So you say that Ben, um, but his sophomore year he played wide receiver and he had sixty-seven receptions for seven hundred and forty-five yards and five touchdowns. Oh, that's good. So uh, what, did, what did what did he what did he catch his senior year? Uh, well, it was his junior year, but uh, his last season oh, that's here. That's what I meant. But uh, yeah, even with at him playing quarterback and having you know that that production where he was throwing the ball, he ran the ball 185 times for 1,468 yards and 13 touchdowns, and also caught the ball. 30 times for 348 yards and a touchdown. I mean, that's the thing, dude. You look at his his numbers. Those are running back numbers. Uh, you know, that's that's what those... He had 1,468 yeah. rushing yards. And then he had 30 catches for 348 receiving yards. Those are like token receiving yard numbers. And like when you're talking about a guy that's 6'1", 199, he's certainly not going to play running back at the next level. But so that was I, him know, being a wildcat quarterback. I think there's concerns there. That was him being the wildcat yeah. quarterback. And, uh, and, and I, doing I know. A lot of I know. That's, that's where a lot, of, a lot of that came from, so... Um, um, but yeah, we've beat Lynn Bowden to death at some point. Maybe you and I will come closer towards consensus on him, but yeah, he might be one of the guys that we're furthest apart on. So yeah, I think, well, uh, yeah, we have, we have several that we are, uh, pretty far apart. Okay. A few. Yeah. Um, so at 31, then, uh, I have Denzel Mims wide receiver Baylor. Yeah. That's a guy that we are also far apart on because I had him at 23, Yep. So that would be two episodes ago. Yes, it would. Uh, anything that you want to add on him here? Uh, you know, like I said, I'm, we refer people back. I'm curious why. Yeah, no, I, I like mostly. I want to hear why you have him lower. What are the What are the red flags for you? What are you seeing that is like causing you to question how this guy's going to translate? Yeah, so it's um, you know the big rangy wide receiver archetype that uh, that that concerns me. I mean, you know two good years of production. Um, not sure if he's a good route runner being in the big 12 uh, and being able to abuse corners there. And, you know, nobody likes to tackle in the big 12. Um, he's somebody who may end up uh, rising up my board. It's crazy that the differences in, in like height weight I've seen, I saw him listed like six three one ninety seven somewhere and then, uh, oh, really? and then you know he, but that's not what he is. He's like six three two fifteen. He's yeah. Uh, I've got him down as six three two fifteen. Okay. Uh, and he, I feel like he looks like that on the football field. He looks pretty filled out. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. You and I, this is a agreed to disagree guy. Um, I I see a lot of things to like. I, I I think he looks like a really natural natural player out there, and he looks like a playmaker. And 
uh, you know, I'll refer people back to two episodes ago uh, if they want to hear me go full on into Denzel Mims. But I mean, this is a guy who had a solid production profile, whether it's in the Big 12 or not. He still had 42.3% of the the market share for receiving yards on that team. That's like 80 sixth percentile so you know i mean that's that's a awesome final year uh production profile for sure and and, and baylor was good and, and has been good you know under matt rule who is taking over as the head coach at carolina uh for the panthers moving forward um and uh denzel mims uh you know from from everything i've read and seen he uh he crushed the senior bowl also so yeah, he may he, he may be somebody that i'm just too low on um but I, uh, you know, have him. Time will tell. Yeah, time will tell, but I, I think time's going to tell that you're too low on him. So, fair enough. Okay. Um, should I do. Uh, see, my 32 is Michael Warren, who we just covered in the last episode. Uh, and you and I were pretty close on him. I think you had him at 29, 30, 30, 30. Yeah. 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 Pretty close on him. Um, you know, refer people back to the last episode here. Again, sorry. Sorry to the listeners that were, uh, we're doing that a uh, decent amount here, but you know, as as we get to the end, uh, while Ben and I may not have our full mind meld going right now, um, you know, we we certainly have uh, a lot of the same the same prospects around and uh, and some differences in, in those rankings. But um, he, you know, I think uh, you summed it up perfectly uh, in the last podcast where you said he may have Jag written all over him. And, uh, and, and you might be right about that. Yeah. That's still kind of how I feel about him. I am open to combine testing numbers and draft position and landing spot and things to change my mind on that. But like I am, yeah, I, he's, I, obviously he's not so jaggy that I wouldn't take him, uh, in the top three rounds. Again, though, for me, some of that, some of that came down to, it's like on paper, this guy makes sense. He's got a great production profile. He's got the measurables, like the height weight that you want out of a feature back kind of thing. It's like he checks a lot of the boxes. So, um, so that is how he finds himself here. Yeah, and for for his sake, hopefully he shows up to the combine and 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 does well. And uh, yeah, and sure, and la- sure. landing spot with a guy like him, you know, he's not a special it, talent. Huge. He's not a special no. talent. We can we can definitely agree on that. And, yeah. uh, and so landing spot will be the big thing for him on whether or not he has value really as, as a running back in the NFL. I think in draft capital just generally too, because, you know, obviously teams see, see players a little bit different. And, you know, if a team is willing to invest draft capital in a running back, that clearly indicates, uh, you know, the desire or the plan at which they, they think they're going to utilize that guy and, or how early they're going to utilize that guy. I don't expect him to be a high draft capital guy. He's a day three guy. Yep. Um, I think pretty solidly in my mind. So maybe fifth, sixth round, something like that. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. My number 32 is KJ Hill, wide receiver, Ohio State. I, dude, I, uh, it's so funny because I had KJ Hill like literally riding in that exact spot all the way up until somewhat late here in the process. But I, I want to hear your KJ Hill first and then I'll, I'll give you my thoughts. So is he not in your top 36? He is not. He is out. Rough. Rough. Okay. Uh, yeah, so six foot, 195. Um, he had a, a great senior bowl by all accounts. Uh, you know, the things I look for in wide receivers, great punt return production. It's a pretty lazy comparison for me because um, he's not as big as this guy, and, uh, and he played at the same college, but... I saw some Terry McLaurin. No, you didn't. I did. <laughs> no, you didn't. He's, uh, he's uh, maybe, maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Maybe you did. Maybe you did. <laughs> Don't tell me what I did and didn't see, Ben. Oh, I'll I'll tell you what you saw. <laughs> he. I, <clears throat> go ahead. Go ahead. No, I I I think that you're absolutely right. There's a ton of positive things uh, to be seen with this guy. I you know for me some of it at the end of the day ended up being. Um, his overall and, and whatever I get that there's obviously been a slew of other like kind of NFL cali- caliber players that have come through there uh, to take targets away. But it's like, at no point was this guy ever really like the guy, the go-to guy kind of thing on that team. And I, you know, neither those was are Terry McLaurin. Me. I, yeah. No. But Terry McLaurin had better, better college numbers. Um, I mean, so I don't know if, I mean, have, have you looked at, at his, his stats? I mean, uh, the last, the last three years, he's had over 50 receptions every year and over 500 receiving yards. 
Um, okay, okay, as, that's as, fair. As as, 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 I'm, as I'm saying this, and I'm looking at both of their stats. I mean, like, yeah, KJ Hill had a better a better junior year. Um, Terry McLaurin had more yards as a senior, um, but KJ Hill know, had ten touchdowns this year. He had eleven. Terry McLaurin did as a senior, but but again, that's kind of that's kind of splitting hairs. You're right. Maybe he could be a Terry McLaurin type, where it's like, yeah, man, this guy's a real athlete that is at like Ohio State because he's a real athlete, and you know because of the way the offense is structured and things like that, he just didn't necessarily get a dominant number of touches because there's so many other athletes there. Um, that's certainly a possibility with this guy. I may I may need to reconsider moving him back to kind of yep. where where you've got him right now because uh, I do think he was exciting to watch on tape and I think he's going to be athletic too. Oh yeah, he's explosive, man. He's explosive. Yeah. And he's shifty in the open field. He was a tough tackle for a guy. I mean, you know, again, that punt return and, and kick return production for me, like what that signals is a guy who is good in space and can see guys running at him and can think two steps ahead um, on top of the athleticism. And that's what I really saw about him. And yeah, I think this is an example of a guy who is great athlete, who had good production, like consistent production over the last few years, uh, was never the guy there. Um, but man, there's something about these, these Buckeye wide receivers, this Buckeye offense, um, day, the coach, uh, you know, who was the OC under Meyer before promoted to head coach. He develops these guys really well. And uh, and I think that, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's a lazy comparison. They're not the same kind of player, him and, him and Terry McLaurin. But uh, from a uh, buried because of how much talent there is on this team perspective, that's what I really saw with with KJ Hill. And, and I think that um, you're, you're making a mistake not having him in your in your top 36. So that's um, fine. I, I already I'll admit that I'm already feeling like I'm making a mistake. So so sh- sh- surely we'll see him. We'll see him in my future rankings. Maybe we'll we'll see, but probably. Okay, fair enough. Um, that yeah. So so I, I I love KJ Hill. He was somebody who actually had higher before I started digging into into more people, and he may be somebody mm-hmm. that 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 really rises for me because he's just the kind of guy I I, I love uh, as as a prospect. So awesome. Do you want me to do my 33? Please. I've got, uh, and I'm going to say this out loud, and then I may immediately be, be sitting here and wanting to back off what I'm actually saying. Uh, no, that's, I, I'm, not, I'm sticking to my guns here. I got Bryson Hopkins at 33, tight end from Purdue. Um, I got to be honest, man, like this is my first tight end that I have on the board and I'm sure you can hear the hesitancy in my voice here, even having him there, uh, spoilers. He's the last tight end that I'm going to have. Um, this has kind of turned out to be a pretty shit tight end class. It is. It is. Um, I think there are actually though, once we get to combine testing, some of these guys are going to be exciting. There isn't any of these elite tight ends, but I think, uh, I mean, so you have been somebody over the years who's been really good at evaluating tight ends in general mm-hmm. um, and have spotted these guys that are that are like the day two, early day three picks that that, that pan out in the NFL. Um, and uh, and I think there are a lot of those guys in this class. There aren't any elite. There, there aren't any elite guys. There's there's no Noah Fant, Hawkinson, um, kind of kind of guys here, uh, but Bryson Hopkins is somebody I, I'm excited about too. I don't have him in my, in my top 36. I actually have another guy, a, a different tight end here at 33. Uh, but I do think that there are a lot of uh, going to be a lot of tight ends taken in the day two, day th- early day three range. And uh, you, this is this is the crazy part about this, and this is just tight ends in general, man. Some of these guys are going to be taken day one, like Albert O from Missouri. I, I, I would love to pronounce his last name, but I didn't yeah. like, write out a rubric for myself. But uh, he could be a guy that goes as a day one guy potentially, just because it's like he is a complete physical tight end type of player. Um, yeah, don't dig into him that, too uh, much that, here. Th- yeah, 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 I won't. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that guy is going to translate into somebody that should be drafted highly for fantasy purposes. So, you know, when I was looking at Bryson Hopkins, um, he stood out to me as a guy that was very much a receiving tight end type of guy. Um, yep. You know, he's 
a tall guy, fast guy. I mean, I, I think for his size, he's going to end up running pretty fast, like maybe the high four fives or something like that. He's 6'5", 245. Uh, maybe you'd like to see him get up to 255 or something like that, but that's like to- totally attainable. Um, like he, he does honestly still look kind of lean out there. Um, but like the way that he moves around and stuff like that, he looks like a big wide receiver and uh, he's got like amazing extension, which I, I think is kind of obviously kind of comes with the territory of being like as long of a human being as he is. Uh, and then like, yeah, dude, he's, he's a difficult tackle, just like a, a tight end should be, you know, I mean, he's not quite the, uh, like the Kittle Kelsey type of guy in, in the open field by any stretch of the imagination, but um, still physical Um you know, he's not necessarily a guy that, that you're going to rely on a, a ton for blocking. I think he's a guy that is going to be like a, a you know, more of a, a featured receiving type of weapon. I, he might just be like a little bit of like maybe a, a, like a little mini Jimmy Graham in terms of like the way he goes about playing. Um, yeah. You know, I'm interested. I'm interested to see how high he goes in the draft. Me too, for man. Me, that's going to be a big factor. 6'5", 245. Uh, it's, Six five two forty five. It's funny, you know. I I kind of echo a lot of the things that that you said here. Uh, he's the type of tight end I like. He's more of a wide receiver than tight end. He doesn't block much. Um, yeah, that's not his thing. You and that's I, not where you're getting him. Yeah, you and I have talked about this before. Like, it's why we both liked Fant over Hawkinson last year. But guys, it's awesome in the real NFL for a tight end to be able to block and to yeah, and, and it's to pretty do important. That. Yeah. <laughs> But from a fantasy perspective, you want your guys running as many routes as possible. Yep. And uh, and Bryson Hopkins is one of those guys that is uh, he's not going to block much. I mean, it, he's not Travis Kelsey, uh, but you know, in that in that kind of mold of of, of a guy that um, is athletic. Uh, it's funny he'll, I, yeah, I think he'll be a you know day day two guy. Um, and, Dude, he was, he and was he's super athletic. productive. Yeah, his senior year was, uh, was very impressive from a production standpoint. Yeah, he had 61, 61 for 830 and 7. That's a 23% receiving share, 72nd percentile. And that's like, for a tight end, very, very, very good. So, you know. Yeah, I, and he's I, athletic. I th- and he's athletic. Do you have him in your, your third round at all? I don't, um, but I debated between him and the guy I have at 33. Uh, can I guess your 33? Yeah, sure. Is it is it going to be Hunter Bryant from Washington? No, he was somebody else I really liked. It was actually Alberto. Oh, it is Alberto. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I can get I'll get um, to him here in a minute, but uh, yeah. but Bryson Hopkins is is really exciting, man. And that's like I liked Hunter Bryant a lot too. Uh, we're you and I at the end of this are just going to cover a few guys that uh, that we liked that that just barely missed out on the cut um the tight ends i'm gonna need some athletic testing to 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 really have any idea here but i agree there aren't any blue chip uh tight end prospects uh like we've had the last couple of years heading into this draft yeah i mean dude just from the tape watching or whatever it's like i don't you know bryson hopkins might be the fastest of this group i mean there's a couple guys maybe in a similar range i think albert o can get up and going he's gonna have a good top speed but like his 40 times not gonna be great i so i don't know like it's not as easy this is one of the positions where it's like athleticism so clearly and obviously translates the vast majority of the time and so it's you know it makes it a lot easier of an evaluation if the guy if the guy puts up elite measurables i don't know that any of these guys are going to but like like you just said i you know until we get to the combine and actually see it you know, we're not going to know for sure, but certainly if, if some guys do show out up there, you know, they, they could, they could maybe climb up into, you know, I, I don't know, at least the early third, if not the second, maybe, maybe. Yeah. And, 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 and Bryson Hopkins was, was, I, I really debated having him here, um, in, in, in my third round. Yeah. If we went four rounds deep, he, he would be in the top end of, of the fourth round for me. And he, and again, it, from the tight end perspective, I kind of I wanted to make sure I had one tight end here in this. Uh, I just um, it's really tough right now in in the evaluation process without uh, you know having having the blue chip guy at this point, and so that's going to change here in two weeks. And it may be something where I have as many as three tight ends in my uh, in my top thirty six by the time the. Uh, the combine is over, and certainly once we see what sort of um, 
uh, draft capital is put into these guys that will uh, that will obviously change the uh, the evaluation. For sure, for sure. All right, so that was Bryson Hopkins. Yep, that was my thirty-three. Yep, and at thirty-three, I also have a tight end, but it's Albert O. Oguim. Can you pronounce his last name? Give it to me. Oguim Bogum. Oguim Bonum. I don't know. I can't. I can't do it. I feel like when I hear the announcer say it, it sounds like they say Okuwegbunum. But uh, that doesn't look right based on the spelling. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, Missouri, Missouri announcers, eh, you know. Yeah, right. I, I've already decided that nobody can be trusted. Maybe I'll find some video where they make him say it. In the meantime, though, and until he actually proves himself in the NFL, I can't be troubled with learning how to say that. So he's going to be Albert O. Yep. I agree. Um, so, yeah. So a lot, you know, kind of tagging on what you, what you said about him earlier with, with his athleticism. I think... I, I think his 40 time will be pretty good. He's definitely a, a you know a get up and go. He's he's a difficult evaluation. Uh, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. He played in exactly nine games each of his three years at Missouri, which is oh man, I didn't realize that. That's not great. No, it's not. Um, Do you know what has kept him off the field? Uh, I, I don't have each each one of the injuries in front of me, but unfortunately, it was a different in- injury each year. Um, okay. So I can uh, I can see here if I can get a little more information on him. Uh, yeah. While pull I, it pull it up, and I'll rant on him for a second. Yeah. Um. So he is. I mean, dude, like, uh, you know, a full-size tight end, right? <laughs> you know, it's like some of these other guys that oh, are going to yeah. be like towards the top of the tight end rankings are more of these kind of hybrid tight end, not quite a move tight end, but, uh, you know, somebody more like that 240s range. Uh, Alberto, I think, is listed 6'5", 255. He might be bigger than that. Um, and, like, yeah, dude, he looks like he looks like a full-size tight end, like out on the football field playing against uh, other college players. And um, I do think he's pretty athletic for his size, but, um, I, I, like, he's, not again, not on the level of some of the athletes that play the position in the NFL um, I think he's going to have decent long speed, but again, like his short area is not overly explosive and uh, you know, that hurts him in his routes, but like that also hurts him in his get off. And it's like, I don't think he's going to run a great 40 time. Um, I, I do think he can, you know, make, make some NFL level plays both like in, uh, in the blocking game, the run blocking game. He's, he's pretty awesome. They used him as a lead blocker, uh, in the running game a lot of times, um, He's good in pass protection too, I, you know. So it's like he's a guy I could see a team drafting, and you know he'll be on the field all the time type of thing. Once once he gets the the playbook and stuff underneath him, uh, just because he does have the complete skill set. But um, I don't know, you know, for me whether or not uh, as a receiver he necessarily does it for me. Um, and yeah, man, I also wish that he was just like a, a generally more aggressive, like in both his blocks and uh, physicality with the ball yeah. in his hands and stuff like that. It's like for a guy, his size, you want you want to see him take a little bit more. And I know I referred to these guys earlier, but you want to see him take a little bit more of like that Kelsey Kittle mentality where it's like, those guys are just fucking dogs in the open field. For sure. And they're like looking to rip your fucking head off. And it's like, when you're the biggest guy on the field, you should be fucking to do like trying to do that all the time. You're going against like 200 pound DBs, like hit somebody kind of thing, you know? Yep. Um, and he, and he doesn't quite do that as much as you would think somebody his size would be able to. So, um, but, yeah, you know, so, I think he's going to end up being a high pick. Yeah, he, he will. And, and uh, you know what, man, like playing at Missouri like this last year, kind of we, we kind of thought he would declare last year. Um, yeah. And uh, kind of came back. I mean, losing Drew Locke hurts. This Missouri team hasn't been great the last few years. Uh, I was able to find injury information on on the last couple of years, not what he went through as a freshman, and that and maybe as a freshman it was that um, he just uh, w- was added later. But um, he had a shoulder injury his uh, second year, and then this last year dealt with knee and shoulder injuries. So um, some injury concern there that's uh, you know not not great. Um, he, from a production standpoint though, Ben, um, so his freshman year after his freshman year, he became a, a Debbie darling. Like he, we thought that this guy was going to be one of, 
you know, those tight end blue chip prospects. He was a wide receiver in high school, uh, which may explain why he isn't as aggressive as we would like to see him be. Um, as a freshman, he had 29 receptions for 415 yards and 11 touchdowns in, no, dude, in, that's stupid. in nine games as a tight end yeah. in the SEC. Um, that was probably his best season, BT Dubs. And that's like one of my, my issues with, with the way that he has progressed and why it's like, yeah, he was a Devi Darling, but I don't know that people are looking at him right now as as a blue chip tight end prospect or anything close to that. And I, you know, I don't think they again, are. Maybe, if, maybe from a real NFL perspective, you know, he still is the top tight end taken, and um, maybe he could go in the first round. I don't know. I, you know, uh, to to me though, from a fantasy perspective, I think he's definitely he's definitely disappointed down the stretch here versus expectations and. I uh, I am not I am not high on him and I would not consider him a blue chip tight end. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not saying he is. Uh, I still like him and I do think he's going to do well at the combine. Uh, that may change, uh, but I, uh, I, I I still like him as a prospect. Um, again, he's listed as my tight end one him. right now. Um, that's you know that is what it is at this point. Uh, again, I'm. This tight end class is really difficult right now. So uh, normally you and I would have a couple of tight ends here in in really any other year because that's we love we love tight end. No, dude, I, I I love the tight ends. It's it's like one of my favorite positions to evaluate. And like usually there are like you were saying guys that deserve to be in like the first round rookie conversation. Um, and it's just that's just not what we're getting this year. And it is what it is. It's more than made up for in like you know the the bountiful riches at wide receiver and running back. So. I am okay with it. Post combine, though, the guys that we're going to like are going to present themselves. It's going to be really easy. Um, I think uh, after after watching the tape of these guys and then just getting some numbers and and, and seeing how they do. So, yeah. um, anything else we want to mention about uh, about Albert O or, or tight ends here before we we move on? Um, no, I think I think I feel like you know. Are there other tight ends that? that were in this conversation for you to maybe land in. I'm assuming this was your last tight end in the, in the round. It is. Yeah. Um, so other tight ends that, uh, that were honorable mentions for me, Bryson Hopkins, like just missed the yeah. cut. I, you know, really, really like him. Uh, Cole Komet. Yeah. Um, that was interesting. He's interesting. And he's somebody who I guess people continue to talk about as a possible first round pick. Um, which, which to me, uh, that feels a little crazy. Um, but you know, we'll see again. We'll see the testing Thaddeus Moss. Yeah. I liked him. Uh, you know, obviously son of Randy Moss, which is, uh, which is pretty exciting too. Is, is he, is he really, how did I not know that? I don't, I don't know how you didn't know that because the national championship game, they even showed Randy Moss on, on the TV, like wearing, wearing his son's Jersey. So, um, uh, so yes, that's, that's embarrassing. Okay. He also, uh, I read did not drop a single pass his senior year. Impressive. So he's somebody who, you know, again, we'll, we'll see where his, uh, his numbers, um, hash out here. But um, he's 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 pretty exciting. I wish he was a little bit bigger at, at like six three, but um, I like him. Other mentionables: Colby Parkinson from. Uh, have you mentioned Have you mentioned Hunter Bryant yet? Tight end from Washington. Yeah, you you had mentioned him earlier, so that's just why I yeah. uh, left left him out there. Um, anything you want to add in there? Anything else on on Hunter Bryant? No, I mean again, I, I you know I'm I'm not crazy crazy high on any of these guys i you know i'm sure a bunch of them would go off the board in a fourth round if we did a fourth round but um but no i'm, I'm good i'm good on tight ends for 2020 the other tight end i uh there are just two more that i looked at that i just want to mention uh harrison bryant from florida atlantic what? so you're the bryant and uh and then adam troutman from dayton so just okay. just throwing a few names out there for for people to go look at um, that that I looked into a little bit. Uh, again, none none of these guys are are blue chip, and uh, 
and really where my tight end evaluation gets kicked into hyperdrive, like most of them, is, is, is at the combine. So, so tough to, to really evaluate them without any of the, the blue chips out there. Yep, agreed. All right. What, uh, so I think, we, I think we just did Bryson Hopkins at 33. No, you just did Alberto. Was that your 33? Yes. All right. My 34, I've got Justin Herbert, uh, Oregon, Oregon quarterback. And, you know, this is one of those things where, um, as a prospect, uh, you know, I mean, he's been, he's been an interesting Debbie guy, um, for several years now. People have talked about him, um, especially in Superflex. especially in Superflex. Uh, you know, he's got most of the physical traits that you would want in, you know, uh, your, your pro quarterback. He's a big, strong, tall guy with, you know, a strong arm and can make all the throws and, um, you know, really did some nice things in college and, uh, academic, all American, academic, all American. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be a smart guy. I don't think he is as instinctual of a player, uh, as like a Tua or a Burroughs. Like, you know, I think he plays the game in real time. Whereas like Burroughs and Tua seem to play the game in like slow motion. And it's like, that's really what you look for. I think in a pro quarterback to, to like see guys that are going to like really translate over and be not just like, you know, capable of playing in the NFL, but like capable of playing at the highest level. And I'm not a hundred percent sold yet that, uh, Herbert's going to be one of those guys. There's, there's, but like a ton of this for me, man, is going to be landing spot and draft capital. And like, I, I expect he's going to be a first round guy. I expect he's going to probably be a top half of the first round guy. Um, but like, he's not going to be going to the shittiest of the shit teams like Burroughs and Tua are going to end up. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. It might be a, a more interesting situation where he gets a chance to sit behind like some future hall of famer and, uh, you know, um, take over in a Patrick Mahomes S kind of transition. And that might, that, that, even though you're not going to get that year one production, that might be appealing. But you know, if, again, if that happens though, it probably ends up dropping him further down this list just because, um, there's so many more question marks at that point, but um, yeah, I, agree. I still think he's he's clearly the third best quarterback for me at least, and um, I think he is uh, he's deserving to go in the top three rounds, uh, especially if you're in need of a quarterback. And I would expect in super flex drafts that he is probably a first round player I would, um, in most I would, drafts. I would agree with I would agree with uh, with, with all that you've said here. Uh, I've got him at thirty five. He made it into the third yeah. round for me too. Even even there, with there even go. even with my uh, you know our differences quarterback on quarterback hate. value, I, it's not yeah. not quarterback hate. It's uh, <laughs> it's uh, value propositions at onesie positions compared to uh, to other positions, sure. which we'll get into in our strategy podcast later on. Here, uh, agree with a lot of, of of what you said about about Justin Herbert. Uh, I feel like you know in, when I saw him. Like you said, he's yeah, he's playing in real time. He's reacting. He's not dictating in the way that the great quarterbacks do. Um, I agree. He's probably going to be a first round pick. Um, he's really smart in the classroom. Like I mentioned, he was an academic all American. I think he had like a four zero or something in college. Like just just stupid. Like really really focused uh, in the classroom. Uh, I think he is pretty. He's like stiff out there, right? Like it's not. He's like really focused on his fundamentals in a way that like. That's not really the game. The way the game is going, uh, he does have prototypical size though at like six six two thirty seven. He's really good with his legs. Um, Daniel Jones, maybe I don't hate the comp. I think that there's definitely like a mechanical nature to both of those guys in terms of how they go through the motions and the way they go about the, the their game. You know, um, and like honestly, I don't think that'd be an an awful comp. I think if you told. NFL teams, that's who this guy was going to be. A lot of teams would still be interested. So Yeah, I agree. He's uh like you said, a super flex first first round pick. I, I you I know, mean, dude, yeah. And like where in the first round it is, I think it's gonna depend a lot for me. Less less the draft capital, because I do think he's gonna end up going either like just inside the top ten or like whatever, fifteen or so at the latest. Um, it's, but so much of it for me is going to be what team ends up taking him. Uh, you know, if it's a really good football organization and there's a lot of other talent already on the football team, which there's a way better chance of than there is for the other two guys that are going to go earlier. Um, that could in and of itself be, be interesting. So, 
Yeah, and wherever he's at right now, I think he's somebody who's going to crush the combine from an interview perspective because he's oh, so yeah. f- so freaking smart. And uh, dude, drills, drills too. He's going to yeah. look like a fucking stud stud out there in his little yeah. combine uniform and shit, like yeah. slinging balls like sixty yards. Yeah, no, he'll yeah. look good. If Dave Gettleman was the GM in in multiple places, he, uh, he if 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 Dave Gettleman could draft another quarterback, it would it would be Justin Herbert. Um, Maybe he will. <laughs> Maybe he will. Don't write it off as a possibility. Dave Dave Gettleman's fully unpredictable. Um, And this, you know, a guy like Justin Herbert is like the kind of guy like when we're talking like whatever my team strategy, like I'm not drafting a quarterback in the second round. I'm waiting till the third round and I'm doing those like high value propositions um, in that like just um, it's a dart throw at, at the position. And, you know, again, like Daniel Jones, whoever did the dart throw with him last year is is really excited about the way that's working out. I and, agree. And so um, that's the way that I approach drafting the quarterback position. And, and again, we'll, we'll cover that later. But I uh, I think, yeah, having he should be in the first three rounds because he's like you said, he's going to be a top half of the first round quarterback in the actual NFL draft. And that makes him, and you know, an automatic pick in the first three rounds of a rookie draft, and and makes him an automatic first rounder in superflex, just because it's like, yeah, any guy that a team's going to put that capital in, it's like that guy's going to get years, years to try and start and try and be somebody on that team. He's at least going to get like the run that Mitchell Trubisky is getting right now, kind of thing, right? Even yep. if he's that bad, yeah, he'll get his so, he'll get his entire rookie contract. Yeah, and yeah, for his sake, uh, but, I hope he lands somewhere that has weapons. And is a good organization. Good coaching, dude. Especially yep. good coaching and, yeah, just good ownership. Because, uh, yeah, you've seen many uh, quarterbacks get ruined by that shit. Uh, just dysfunctional organization bullshit. So, um, yep. I worry I worry about that for Burroughs, assuming he is the one overall, because the Bengals, that team is just, ugh. I'm sorry, what's God, his dude, name? As an organization. Burrow, goddamn, dude! I say Burrows like all the yeah, time. Yeah, it's Burrow. I, I was letting it go, but that last one I just no, I just stop, couldn't. dude. It was, it was, it was call it, me out on it. It's, it's Burrow. I like, need to be. No, I need to be like verbally abused about there it until are not I like multiple. stop fucking doing it. There are not multiple all, of him. I made all kinds of notes because I've been like referring to him like all this season as Burrows, and I made all kinds of notes in here like, dude, don't do that, but like, don't do that. <laughs> and and then like the moment I like, yeah, just like stop paying attention. It's Burrows all over again. Yes, uh, he, Joe Burrow, he, singular. There's not two of him. Yes, the Burrows right. are his parents. Yeah. That's not the Burrows are his parents. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, that is that is not who he is. Um, all right. Uh, so uh, that's Justin Herbert, and that's who you have at 34, correct? That is who I have at 34, correct. Um, my 34 is Donovan Peoples-Jones. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, we had covered him in the, in the last podcast. Uh, at- had. Athletic freak. Lacks production. Scares the shit out of me. May go higher after he destroys the combine. We'll see. All the above, yes. Um, at 35, I have Justin Herbert. So uh, who is your number 35, Ben? So my 35 is Van Jefferson from Florida. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, yeah I don't know how you feel about Van Jefferson, but uh, I like... I liked what I saw, and I was like kind of surprised to find a player that I liked this much uh, like kind of this late in the round. Um, but you know, I, he, he's got good size, six two, one ninety six. 196. He looks like he's got like pretty decent athleticism. I think he'll run like maybe a four five low four fives. Um, he played for both Ole Miss and Florida. He transferred to Florida after, uh, Ole Miss was, was hit with some of those sanctions and, uh, Shea Patterson left to go to Michigan and it was just like a whole, a whole shit, shit situation. But, yep. um, he was, he was allowed to transfer without missing any years. So, uh, played for Florida last year, the last um, two years and I, last two years. Yeah. Sorry. And, uh, I, I thought he looked good. Um, especially this past year. I think he is a very impressive route runner. I like, he's like one of the more polished guys. I feel like that I watched, um, I think he looks really natural and, and uh, like a really smooth route runner. Um, I, uh, 
yeah, I don't think he's going to be like in a, an elite measurables type of guy. And he may run slower than what I've got him listed at. I mean, I've kind of got notes in here where it's like, man, I don't know if I'm seeing this guy be as fast as I've got written down here. And like I said, like a four or five even or something, or if he's literally just like so efficient in his motion that it seems like he's that fast. Um, and he's getting the kind of separation that he ends up getting or whatever. He may end up being a lesser athlete and that might turn some teams off. But like, I don't know, man, I see a guy that I think you could kind of bring in and maybe plug in as a big slot or something like that, like fucking year one. And he'd be really interesting, you know? Yeah. So I don't have him ranked, but he, uh, is, was one of the guys I had as an honorable mention. Um, yeah. Yeah, you, like you said, Ole Miss and then and then Florida. Another guy that did really well at the Senior Bowl. The people were were really excited about him. He's a very crisp route runner. Um, again, you know, I don't know from a production standpoint. He never oh, dude, he never never eclipsed fifty receptions in yeah. any, in any year. Um, and uh, and never had more than six touchdowns. So that's that's a yeah. little concerning. Um, I had, I had mentioned to you on the last episode that there was like a lot of throwing, throwing the production out the window here, yep. um, uh, with, with some of these guys. Cause it's like, yeah, man, he is a different player, uh, by the stats than he was for me, uh, by the tape. And so this is definitely a, a by the tape ranking, you know? Um, but I could see why some people would be lower on him based on just the production profile. I mean, it was, it wasn't overly good if you're just talking even just, um, you know, his market share and breakout age, it's like he had 21% of the receiving yards. It's like 25th percentile and a breakout age of 22.1. So, you know, I mean, redshirted as a freshman at Ole Miss, which is why it was good. He was able to transfer without sitting out. Yeah. And I mean, like whatever his entire, entire time at Ole Miss, he, uh, you know, sitting on a team with AJ Brown or DK Metcalf. So it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, no, it's, it's honestly, what are you, what, what you going to do? It was honestly impressive. He, he was lasted able that to long. I know uh, that he did as well as he did. I mean, in those years, he didn't yeah. catch touchdowns, but he had almost, I mean, he had 49 for four fifty or for five fifty three as a freshman, a red shirt freshman. And as a red shirt sophomore, he had 42 for four fifty six. So, I mean, you know, that's, that's decent considering that those guys are there. Um, I, uh, yeah, I think, He's exciting, uh, especially you know at the back end of the third round. These are all dart throws, right? So, hundred um, percent. This is a good. He, he is like an a a tip or a, yeah a non typical dart throw for me. But Van Jefferson's production is uh, not. Uh, you know, it's it's been a little bit concerning, like seeing him never have more than fifty receptions in a season, uh, barely eclipsing five hundred yards receiving. Um, you know that's that was the concern for me. Uh, he was in honorable mention, but I don't. Uh, he wasn't somebody that was going to make it into my top thirty-six. I think that's totally fair. All right, so that is uh, who you have at thirty-five, and uh, and so now we are here at uh, at our final pick of uh, of our rookie drafts at thirty-six. Ben, who do you, who do you have got? at 36? Nah, nah, nah. I just did my 35. Who do you have at 36? I have Jordan Love, quarterback, Utah State. Interesting. Also a guy that is probably going to be a first-rounder. Which is exactly why uh, he snuck into the uh, the back sure. half of, of my, I, my um, third round here. I think that's perfectly justifiable. And like, honestly, dude, this is kind of an exciting year for quarterbacks from a super flex perspective, especially where it's like, yeah, I mean, four, four first round quarterbacks is, um, is good. You know, that's a lot of opportunity to get, to get a guy. So tell me, tell me why you like Jordan love though. Did you, did you watch this guy at all? I did. Okay. You know, his, uh, his 2018 was much better than his 2019 from a, uh, from a, uh, completion percentage, touchdowns, and interceptions perspective. Did you know that as a sophomore, he had 32 touchdowns and only six interceptions? That's pretty good, James. And then as a junior, he had 20 touchdowns and 17 interceptions. James, that's not very good. No, it's not. Uh, and I think a lot of that can be attributed to, uh, as I have in my notes here, his fuck it mentality. <laughs> That's what you're looking for in your fucking franchise quarterback. <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> no, just a guy that will sling it, and I like it. Yeah, I like that he is, is that, willing that to put that ball. That can't possibly be. 
that can't possibly be though what you account for that like precipitous drop in touchdown to interception ratio to be a result of. No talent. He lost a lot of people. Uh, Darwin Thompson was one of those guys. Uh, he lost his top wide receiver also. Um, this was a down year for him. I think that he uh, he would have gone to the pros if he could um, last last year and probably should have. I think, uh, you know, he's 6'4", 225. He also had uh, some pretty legitimate rushing uh, stats over the last the last few years uh, where he uses his legs. I like this guy, man. I think uh, he may actually end up being ahead of Herbert for me as uh, as as a quarterback. Yeah, because um, I just I just like the way that this guy is built and the way that the way that he thinks. And um, I think he has um, kind of this mentality of he does a lot of like throws on the run and stuff. And that that excites me in the NFL. We're seeing that more and more how valuable that is for a player to uh, to do that. And and this last year, yeah. I think that they were just they were just bad the year before. They had a lot more talent and uh, and he was stuck kind of trying to make his way through it and, and just make his way to the NFL without getting hurt. But uh, I, you know, I think that this guy is going to be, um, he's an exciting guy from uh, especially super flex. But again, when I talk about drafting quarterbacks, I, I I'll take a shot at this guy at the end of the third round in, uh, in my rookie draft and see if, sure. and see if he pans out. And, and a lot of it will depend on where he lands and, and weapons and, and everything else. And I think he is somebody who needs a year. Um, or at least For, I, at least some time to sit behind a real quarterback and uh, and, and get rid of some of those bad habits. Uh, but everything about his skill set is is exciting to me. Yeah, I agree with most of what you're saying. Um, I do think he's got an exciting skill set, and he is a little bit more of that like capable of operating outside of the pocket type of quarterback, uh, especially than Herbert. And so if like that's what what you're kind of thinking is where the modern NFL wants to lean, then yes, maybe this guy's a little bit more interesting for those reasons. Um, I, I don't know if, uh, if the, if he is as talented, I mean, like he is not like, and this is the thing, man, is it's like the, the playing outside the pocket type of thing. That is not something that everybody can do at an elite level. And oftentimes if you try to do it too much and, and you can't do it at an elite level, it's going to result in mistakes. And I think that that's maybe some of what you were seeing here this past year. And like, in my mind, that, that red flags things like typically I want to see a guy progress every single year as a college quarterback. And, and I know that that's not always possible and that doesn't totally write this guy off as a prospect. Like I said at the very beginning of it, I think he's probably still considered by most people to be a first round uh, real life NFL prospect. Um, but yeah, in my mind, I, uh, you know, I, uh, I don't, I don't disagree with that assessment. I do think there's a lot to, lot to like there. I do think it's going to be hard for me to put uh to consider putting him ahead of Herbert, but I mean, that's, but I could see that's, it that's, Style, stylistically. If that's the preference, I could see it. Yeah, he's a gunslinger. And that's and that's and that's kind of fun. I think that up his upside is 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 exciting, and and you know he's got to land in the right place. So that is my thirty six. Yeah, I have at thirty six, and I uh, I mean, we'll see, man. I danced so many guys in and out of here, and and whatever, like you had mentioned at the beginning, we'll talk about some of the guys that just missed the cut for us. Um, but I actually have uh, Savan Ahmed in here. Uh, ben! Right back from Washington. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> Why isn't uh, he in your top three rounds? <laughs> size, motherfucker. Motherfucker, you, 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 and, you and your running back size argument. Yeah, did I scare you off? <laughs> no, no. What, what scared me off was seeing other people's evaluations. And uh, there was one that I read from Daniel Jeremiah that was literally this guy lacks any semblance of vision as a running back. And that, uh, that scared me off of him. But uh, he was somebody, crazy enough, when we were doing our second round, I was gonna sneak him in just to be just to be the oh, were you really just to be the sneaky bastard that I am. 
but but I love that you you've put him here at thirty six. So so please 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 share me uh, share with me what you see here. Well, that scares me a little bit that Jeremiah says that he has no semblance of vision because I thought his vision was okay. I mean, I, I thought he displayed good patience, but like mostly what you, what you're looking at for here is like he's like a like kind of bouncy, springy, open field type of running back. I mean, he's a guy that. You know, did the punt returns and kick returns, and I I know that you're that gets goddamn you right. You're goddamn right. Uh, I mean, but dude, like he's an awesome stop start type of guy. I mean, just very very kind of explosive, make you miss in a phone booth type of guy. Um, I I think he's gonna be able to do damage in the open field, and like I think he's gonna be like legitimately fast too. I was he's like, he's gonna run some, in the four threes. He's incredibly fast, yeah, I, dude. I think he's he is. I've fast. got him down as like a four four flat, but like if he was in the four threes, I think that would make sense. Um. Yeah, man. I you know I wish obviously I wish he's bigger and, and like it's you know he's listed in at five eleven, one ninety six. There's a piece of me that's hoping, and I, as I feel like every fucking one ninety five back should be doing is just like fucking loading weight before you get to the combine kind of thing. I'd rather see you run like you know uh, lose a couple of tenths of a second, not tenths of a second, hundredths of a second off of your forty, and like pack on those extra five pounds. You know, it would make me a lot more comfortable. <laughs> you know, sure. Um, so we'll see. Maybe he'll come in like that. Maybe he'll come in at one ninety six. But one way or another, I, I thought he was too uh, like dynamic to ignore, and so um, you sneaky he little. Snuck, he snuck in. Yeah, snuck it as my last guy. You sneaky bastard. Uh, yeah, yeah. He is somebody who has averaged. Over five yards of carry his entire collegiate career. 5.4 this last year because he finally got a decent amount of, t- of, of touches. But each of the years before, 6.4 and 5.8. This last year, 188 carries for 1,020 yards and 11 touchdowns. Uh, he's gotten work in the passing game every year. Um, you know, just a reception or two a game, not, not a ton. Uh, that's what... If he had some, if he was somebody who was getting a lot of usage in the receiving game, uh, I would have had him in, in up with Anthony McFarland. Uh, you know, Daniel Jeremiah's, uh, you know, view of his vision be damned. I, uh, you know, if he had some some receiving chops, uh, he'd be somebody I'd be I'd be really really excited about. Um, still still excited. Still think he's going to show up and own the combine. Uh, funny, funny to me that you, you're the one sneaking him in as a running back under 200 pounds, but, gotcha, bitch. Uh, uh, but that's, uh, that's good that he got a mention. He was going to be an honorable mention for me. I was doing my best to not be hot takey and to do actual evaluations. Otherwise I would have like thrown it, thrown it. Oh, thrown it. <laughs> are, are you, are you implying that my evaluation here is hot? Takey? Oh no, not, not, not at all. I'm, I am simply saying that I was thinking, no, oh, I'm saying when, when I almost put him in the back end of the second round, early third round that, that, that was, um, ah, uh, yes, that would have been a little hot. Yeah. Takey. Uh, but he is another one of these running backs that will be, uh, you know, somebody to keep an eye on and, and definitely draft capital wise. I, you know, I encourage you to go and read like what some of the other evaluations are because uh, I guess he really struggles to see his blocks and, and kind of figure it out and really relies on his athleticism. And, and that scares me, especially for a guy his size without a lot of passing game work. But um, yeah, that, that worries me too. Uh, so I'm going to probably go back and watch, watch some more games of his. Um, but I uh, I'm I'm, yeah, I'm still comfortable having him in the top 36 or whatever. He at least deserves to be deserves to very much be in that conversation. I agree. So. I agree for sure. All right. Yeah. So who else do tell me like who are the guys that it just like pains you that you were not able to figure out how to put them in here? I'm assuming that that was one of them. Yes, he uh, he was definitely one of them. Um, that was really 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 hard for me. Um, Bryson Hopkins was was another one just from from mm-hmm. tight end perspective and 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 Hunter Bryant and um the guy that I had in there for the longest time and even had him in like the mid 30s and ended up moving him out was Patrick Taylor Jr. <laughs> I was like last minute dude as I was kind of finishing up the evaluations before we started the podcast I was like debating trying to sneak him in there uh, I really wanted I to know. do it. I, I know, dude. In my, 
in my mind, there's there's just too many. So like, there's too many red flags. So like, he's a, a huge dude. What was he like? Six three, two twenty. Yeah, something? six three, two twenty seven. He looks looks like a wide um, receiver, so, not a running back. Oh, dude, he's all kinds of shades of of Kalen Balaj. Um, yep. From like a the way that he looks out there, uh, you know. I think he's got maybe a little bit more vision, but he's got way, way less athleticism. I, I, you know, I, I think he's got like some good functional breakaway speed, but like outside of that, I uh, like he looks slow in and out of his, uh, his his cuts and things like that. I mean, I think he's got decent footwork, and I, you know, obviously a guy being that size, he's difficult to bring down. Um, but like I just, I at the end of the day, I ended up deciding that I don't think he is like special enough or explosive enough of like an open space athlete to be, to end up actually being a difference maker in the NFL. I think he would end up being like a Dwayne Washington, or maybe like a you know, uh, less than Dwayne Washington type of guy. So I you know, but but yeah, I totally feel it though. I you know, I feel it. Yeah, and uh, you know these Memphis running backs, we haven't seen a lot of like success from them in the NFL. They they have a like pretty decent production profiles kind of coming in. I mean, pa- Pollard, Pollard, yeah, yeah, right in yeah, the you're times right. that he got you're the right. football. Pollard, Pollard has uh, looked good, which is funny because going back, like when you evaluated him compared to Henderson, it was like who is this Pollard guy? Because like Henderson was, was always the guy. Um, uh, I liked Pollard. Yeah. I liked Pollard, but like, yeah, dude, Henderson represented that game-breaking speed, and like in the big play bonus leagues that you and I play, that is like such a fucking sought-after thing. It's like the guys that can capture the forty-plus yard touchdowns. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Robinson, he, uh, or I'm sorry, Taylor. I don't know why I keep thinking Robinson. Taylor, uh, and and again, not a lot of work in the receiving game, and that's. Uh, that's a little concerning, and you know, with his size and stuff, how easy will he be to tackle at the next level? Uh, but he was definitely somebody that I like, kind of wanted to get in there, just just because uh, I I wasn't sure if I really liked him or if I thought he was going to be trash at the next level. So, um, yeah. Uh, any anybody else from you here? Um, you know, I liked uh, I liked Isaiah Hodgkins. Yeah, um, yeah, dude. That's a that's a Ben Ben type of wide receiver. Yeah. Um, I you know there just there wasn't enough. Uh, I don't I don't think he's gonna have special athleticism by any means, and I you know I I, I just don't know if there's gonna be if there's gonna be a difficult transition for him to the next level. Uh, he's already you know not getting as much separation as you would like in college, and basically just having to like live on. Um, short area stuff for being able to you know just use his size on guys, but. Still, still interesting. Um, you know, the guy that I, I actually really like that's still left on my list here uh, is Colin Johnson from Texas, and Ugh. it's funny because when I when I was watching his games, I like just kept sitting there and being like, "Am I just watching like a Devin Duvernay highlight reel right now?" It's like, "Where's Colin Johnson?" Um, he's not uh, like, dude, going to be a a elite NFL wide receiver, and it's just it's just not even possible. I am looking at Colin Johnson and thinking to myself, convert like, to tight end. Hey, dude, your athleticism, yeah, your athleticism is not going to be good enough to be a wide receiver. DBs are going to be just fucking draped all over you. But you know what, man? If you put on, let's call it 15, 20 pounds or something like that, I think that you could be a serious mismatch for linebackers. And like, I think that he's got the receiving prowess and stuff that you would want to see. Uh, to be effective as a receiver, but like, yeah, you need to generate mismatches in a different way because, like, he's he's not going to get any separation from DBs at the next level. And so, I, as a tight end convert, I would be interested. Uh, as a wide receiver, not so much. And that's why he's outside my thirty six. You know, if they if he was coming in as a tight end, I still think it'd be a project tight end, but maybe like a Seals Jones type of thing though. And I like that. So, yeah. Um, no, I, I had, uh, my, yeah, my notes were on him where uh, I don't think he can succeed at the next level as a wide receiver, but if he does convert to, uh, to tight end, then, um, then that's a place that, yeah, we both immediately want to make him a tight end. <laughs> and, uh, if well, he's, you know, if he's smart, he's... that's the move that he makes too. I mean, he, uh, he broke out in 2018, uh, but this last year was, was, was not a very, not a very good one from him. So no, I mean I think Duvernay emerged as you know clearly the better receiver of the two of them. So I agree. Um, anybody else that uh, that 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 jumped out to you as uh, as an exciting prospect and that you were you were fighting? Um, no, 
I mean, dude, I got a few other guys on here that, that you have kind of mentioned at other points here um, or had in your rankings, and we don't need to get too into it. But uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going deeper. Obviously, we've got plenty of drafts where, where fourth rounds matter, and I think that we're just organically going to learn more about guys when we get into the combines and things like that. Um, and so I'll be excited because I'm sure we'll, we'll revisit some guys that aren't on the list this time. Uh, you know, come the time that we do the combine revisit rankings. Um, but, you know, as of right now, I, I feel good about what we uh, what we have covered here and the depth in which we have covered it. Yeah, I do want to just mention one other guy that I, that I looked at a little bit, and I only looked at him because he's here in Arizona. Uh, do you know who J.J. J. Yeah, J. Taylor? Do you know J.J. Taylor? Yeah. No. I just, I just randomly guessed that name. 5'6", uh, 185. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, dude, I he's again one of those like jitterbug guys that's like really exciting on tape, but it was like I gave him literally zero consideration <laughs> for size reasons. Yep, um, had some pretty pretty legitimate production as a junior. Uh, caught a decent amount of passes this last year. Yeah, the the jitterbug guy. Um, yeah, I mean, at five six, he's. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty built. Even at one eighty five, it'll be hard for him to put on any other weight. He'll never be a uh, a three down back in the NFL, but uh, is somebody who could, in the right situation, have some value in PPR leagues. So, uh, I think he could have some value in return leagues. I think that's a guy that it's like, oh yeah, that guy could be an interesting return guy. That's fair. He uh, he did he did very well returning kicks in in college also. So, I think that's it then, huh? I think that's it, man. Good rookie class on the whole, it man. Is. I uh, it really is. Oh. I'm excited. I'm excited for this whole process. Um, I'm excited for the draft itself. It's going to be good times. It will. And uh, so thank you everyone for, for joining us here for, uh, for listening to the last few episodes. Any, uh, any new listeners to this episode, please go back and listen to the other ones. Uh, Things will make a lot more sense and, uh, and it will be more meaningful than kind of just these, these last six prospects that we've, we've outlined um everyone please connect with us on social media at off the rails ff we are on all the social media platforms twitter and instagram uh we want to hear from you the listener so uh please uh rate subscribe review our podcast uh anything that we see in the in the comments there are questions about fantasy uh, we'll be sure to answer those here at the end of these podcasts. And please engage with us on social media uh, because we want to hear from you, the listener. Uh, if you disagree with us on stuff, which uh, you probably will, please uh, share that with us and, and we'll be happy to engage you. Uh, thank you all for listening and being with us as we went through our top 36 prospects. Over the next few weeks, we'll be putting out some additional content around uh, strategy, um, some landing spot discussions in advance of free agency, and uh, be updating our rankings once the combine happens uh, the weekend uh, starting on the 27th here at the end of February. Thank you all for joining us uh, on this journey into the degenerate forms of fantasy football. Off the Rails Podcast